I don't ask anybody's question but yours. Is he in? He is! Dungey with another touchdown run! Because you're an idiot. It's not how tall, it's how long, and Warwick got a piece of that. And really, a disloyal person. And a few other things I could add, but I'll, I'm not going to. Ennis, two seconds. He'll get a shot off on the way. Got it! He hit it! He hit the shot! All right, it's a Tuesday game day for Syracuse, heading out to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. We got you here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast, previewing everything from this game. And also, we're going to take a look at the ACC tournament picture as well, because that's really the only thing Syracuse has left to play for. The at-large bid has been kissed away now with the loss to UNC this past weekend, but you you still can play for some seating in the ACC tournament and maybe... Hope some things shake out your way. As always, be sure to check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. And be sure, if you're just catching up on some things around the house, doing some things, cleaning, cooking, whatever it may be, you can have your smart speaker play the Locked On Syracuse podcast. All right, so Tim, this game, I think, and, and we've been pretty spot on with how we thought these games have we're going to to play out. I mean, we, we yeah. knew that UNC was going to be dominant on the rebounds. We didn't know that they'd shoot well, but we said if they did, they were probably going to win that basketball game. And then the same thing with Pitt. We thought that th- that game would play out the way that it did. Now, Boston College, when you look at everything that they do, it's very similar to Pitt. They don't rebound well, and they don't shoot well. So... In turn, to me, that says this game should play out a lot like the game against Pitt did for Syracuse. I'm going to say Syracuse probably wins this game 12 to 15 points. They already blew them out once this season by 26 on their home floor, but not much has really changed for BC. I mean, they've got some some solid players. Derek Thornton's pretty good. Nick Popovich has always been a good player for them. They're Both of those guys are seniors. They do have some young up-and-coming guys as well, but... I just I see this game playing out very similarly to what we saw against Pitt. Yeah, I will say in that game that Syracuse blew him out, it was Thornton's first game back from injury, and he really did nothing because you could tell he was still not 100%. And then also Nick Popovich wasn't playing, and he's kind of the interior guy for them. But even considering that, this is a 13-16 and 16 basketball team. They have had some wins in ACC play, but they're coming off losing three in a row, kind of a heartbreaker to Notre Dame last time out. Do have a good break here because they didn't play. The last time they played was last Wednesday against Notre Dame. So they'll be well-rested. Jim Christian is kind of coaching for his job at this point, so every win is kind of critical for him and to sort of show to the boosters and all that. I'm with you, though. I mean, this is a Syracuse team that just has more talent than BC. And we can't say that that much this year for Syracuse. That's why UNC beat Syracuse at the end of the day. It was talent. That's why Louisville beat Syracuse so badly. It was talent. And like you said, I think this is like Pittsburgh, not a very good basketball team. And maybe some people are saying, well, you might be overlooking them guys. I mean, they are 7-11 and in ACC play. That's better than normal. But that's also just kind of the state of the ACC this year. And on top of that, they got two of the, they were one of the few teams to go 2 and 0 right out of the gate in ACC play and i'm talking about the game to start the season they played wake forest and then they yep. had that december game they played notre dame you win both of those so really 
when things get into the thick of things in ACC play starting around New Year's, they're actually 5-13. and 13. So when you look at the, the standard ACC schedule, they're 5-13. And, 13. and you, you cannot say that's a good team, especially looking at, at some of the teams that they've beaten this year. They have beaten some quality teams. I mean, Virginia is a, a top-four team in the conference. But Notre it was Dame before has been solid, Virginia but, yeah. got good. It's when Syracuse beat them. Right, so. exactly. It was that same week, I believe, right? Yep. And, yeah, it was four and days before. After that, I mean, you look at some of the teams that they've lost to, blown out against Georgia Tech, a, a team that Syracuse has handled twice, blown out against Wake Forest, a loss to Pitt, a loss to Miami, not just a loss, a 27-point loss yeah, to Miami, bad. and then now they're on the heels of a three-game losing streak, Virginia, Clemson, Notre Dame. And, I mean, that's a tough stretch to close out the season for them. When you look at their final six games, they beat NC State, then you go Virginia, Clemson, Notre Dame, loss, loss, loss. Now you've got Syracuse and Florida State to end your season. That's not ideal for a team. So maybe they did have the benefit of a softer schedule out of the shoot. Sure. And they really just didn't capitalize on that after falling all the way to three and five early on in the ACC. So the schedule not playing any favors. Ken Palm currently has this game as a four-point Syracuse win. But I will say this. Usually in a four-point win on Ken Palm, you'll see your your winning percent probability or percentage. Not that this is the the end-all, be-all yeah. of this kind of stuff, but usually it's in like the 40s or something. I mean, you think about it, a four-point game, pretty close stuff, but it has it as a 34% chance of BC winning. So maybe the the computers like Syracuse a little bit more um, than, than, uh, than that final score may be indicative of. So... I think Syracuse does come away with this pretty handily. I mean, they've just been really good against Boston College lately, and, and you can say that's exactly. that's just the state of the Boston College program. But I mean, the Orange when they get going against BC, they blow them out. Yeah, and the key here is get out in the shooters. I mean, BC's not a good three point shooting team, but the only way I see BC winning this game, at least in the convincing fashion or just coming out and looking like the better team is if they just start getting hot from three like has happened to Syracuse in five of the last six games now where opponents are shooting over 40 percent from beyond the arc so I I think that's the key because they don't really worry me from a Syracuse side of things too much inside and I do think Sidibe, look for him to maybe have another good game I think this is a Syracuse team that is just a better overall team I know they just got smoked basically in the second half by UNC but UNC's one of the top five most talented teams in the ACC Boston College is in the bottom five of that category and they might be a little bit better than years past but I wouldn't let their record fool you too much because as you said it's a softer schedule this year in the ACC and I just don't think they match up very well against Syracuse they've never really been able to figure out the zone and this is an example of where I'm an advocate for the 2-3 zone because I think it'd be foolish to play man-to-man. I think that's where BC would have a better shot, but that's why I made the argument the other way against UNC because the history indicated that maybe you should sprinkle in some man-to-man in that scenario. I will say, so you mentioned the shooting, which is something that plagues Syracuse against UNC. I'll go with the high post effort here. Stephon Mitchell can move the ball. He's one of the better passers on this team. Yeah, he he's going to be that much guy. Everything. Yeah, he's a very versatile player. He'll probably be right at that free throw line area, and as we've seen him in the past. And a high-low game with him and, and Nick Popovich can be effective. 
So we'll see if that ends up playing out. But Stephon Mitchell's the name to watch there because he can score, he can he can pass, he can do a lot of things for this team. So look out for him in, in this one. All right, when we come back, let's take a look at the ACC tournament prospects because right now that's the only thing Syracuse really has to play for in terms of their postseason hopes. So that's coming up on Locked on Syracuse. Full disclaimer here before we get into this next segment here on Locked on Syracuse. It had to have been no more than 15 minutes after Tim and I had each left our respective studios where we got the news that Georgia Tech is dropping its appeal of the postseason ban. Our schedules didn't line up for the rest of the day, so we couldn't go back and re-record it. Now, we go under the assumption that Georgia Tech is in the ACC tournament and eligible in this next segment. However, we do outline the scenarios if Georgia Tech is ineligible as well. So we get into both of it. There's still plenty of relevant information, so don't skip through this next segment. But we are recording this next segment under the impression that Georgia Tech still could be eligible. We'll get into what it all means on Thursday for ACC seating. Let's get back to the show. All right, time for some ACC tournament talk here because this is what we're looking forward to the most at the end of the year. And Tim, I've always said, if you're going to go to either the ACC tournament or the NCAA tournament, go to the ACC tournament, okay? Because that is so much fun. I'm just talking about from a fan's perspective, the ACC tournament is the most fun I've ever had covering the game. And yeah, it's just it's the atmosphere time. of that. You get all these different fan bases in the building. And I know it's very similar, but it's just something about being at the ACC tournament to me has always been much more fun than going to the the NCAA tournament. I did the the Brooklyn one and then I did the uh the Charlotte one last year and then I've been to the last 3 NCAA tournaments that Syracuse has been in and I've just enjoyed the ACC tournament a lot more. So Take that for what you will if you are making some plans because obviously... Well, there's Syracuse, no value in playing in Greensboro. Of Tyler. course. Let's not of course, forget. there is none. Absolutely <laughs> none. So maybe Greensboro would have changed my mind a little bit on that. Anyway, we know Syracuse won't be in the NCAA tournament unless they make a run in Greensboro. So let's see how all of that shakes out. Now, during the... I believe this was the Louisville game. They did a... The Louisville... And, and who were they playing? They were playing Virginia Tech. And they flashed a graphic up of if the season ended today. And a hat tip to our guy, James Zuba, who posted this on Twitter. Now, some things have been shuffled up a little bit in the standings. But right now, it pegs Syracuse as a 7 seed in the ACC tournament. Now, I looked at some of the tiebreakers. And I kind of crunched my own numbers. Because right now, in seeds 5 through 9, you've got a 5-way tiebreaker that you got to sort out. <laughs> of course, that all of that could be a wash. It could become a four-team tiebreaker if Georgia Tech is ultimately deemed ineligible for the tournament. So as I, I take a look at the, the the little round robin that I put together, so obviously you can't break a, a five-team tie by doing... Uh, you can't break it amongst them by, by doing head-to-heads. So what you have to do is you got to put all five teams into a round robin and see who's got the best record amongst the the tie-breaking teams. When I looked at it, and I mean, again, this was the ACC Network broadcast, so I I trust their work more than mine, but I looked at it, and it should have Notre Dame as the five seed. They've got a four and two record against those four other teams. That's followed up 
by NC State, who's three and three. Syracuse also three and three, but NC State would have the head to head there. So that's where you would apply that. So that's your six and seven. And then you have uh, Georgia Tech three and four against the field with one more game to play against Clemson, who is two and three against the field. So those two could potentially flip flop, but it wouldn't matter because they're, they'd be the eight nine matchup and would play each other regardless. But this ACC network broadcast has Syracuse as the seven. So let's just take a look at that. Obviously, yeah, some things will be jumbled say, I up. Think, I think the reason why, and I'm just looking at this now, I think the reason why NC State would be the five is because they played Notre Dame once and beat them and played Syracuse once and beat them on the road, as we remember. So just, then I guess it's a jumbled is, mess. Yeah, but my counter to that is, okay, you've lost to – Georgia Tech and you've split with Clemson so why wouldn't Georgia Tech Georgia Tech technically has a tiebreaker head yeah. to head over NC State and, and they're the yeah, I don't of know course, Georgia it's Tech, a jumbled mess yeah right. and then and then if Georgia Tech does get banned and doesn't count in the tiebreaker my metrics have it as NC State would be the five Notre Dame the six Clemson the seven and Syracuse the eight so they can fluctuate for sure although we do expect Syracuse to close out the season two and oh I think you and I are both in agreement of that now, yeah. when you look at the ACC tournament and, and kind of profiling the, the best path for Syracuse, I would almost say getting in that 8-9 might be best because yeah. North Carolina is <laughs> kind of a wild card right now. Right now, Syracuse would have to play the winner, according to the ACC Network's thing that they put out, of Boston College and North Carolina. And if North Carolina plays Syracuse again, I don't expect North Carolina to, or I, I don't expect Syracuse to put up much of a different effort than what I saw last no. time out. I mean, they're not going to beat a, it's a huge matchup nightmare. A UNC, yeah, yeah, it's just the, the nat- matchup nightmare is there. And I would expect them to beat BC, but I don't think they're going to have the opportunity to play Boston College right. in a game like that. And we've seen Syracuse play close with Florida State. That matchup was fine, it seemed like. So that that kind of, you play that eight nine you you get maybe a, a better win in terms of the quality of the win whether it be Clemson because I mean you got to show that you can beat a team like Clemson in that eight nine matchup per, potentially so it, it's going to be interesting of course the the great wild card is how everyone else finishes down the stretch too but you'd want to play Florida State probably and yeah that, I, that, I agree with that yeah. I the th- the thing that this all hinges on to me is Georgia Tech, which we don't really know if they're going to play or not. They're appealing, so currently they're still in the tournament. My gut kind of says they won't play. And remember, the reason why they're appealing is they have a postseason ban. So if they don't play, it'll be like that time Syracuse had a self-imposed postseason ban. Although Georgia Tech is not self-imposed, so that's why they're appealing. But that time it was fourteen teams in the ACC tournament, and that made it that. The 14-11 would play the winner. The winner of that would play the six, and it just changes things around. So from a Syracuse side of things, if Georgia Tech is in, it helps your round-robin tiebreaker thing a whole lot a because lot. you beat them twice. It helps Syracuse but, and Notre Dame the most because they're both 2-0. and And then NC State and Clemson, neither of which have beaten them. They're, they're 0-2 against so, NC yeah. State. And 0-1 against Clemson with still another game to play against Clemson. So... <laughs> it's amazing that Georgia Tech is going... These are the 
the four teams that they're doubling up against are the ones that they could be moshed in a tiebreak with. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. The bottom line is Syracuse will be in between the five or nine range, which means they will be in a bye, and then they'll play a team. And honestly, Tyler, here are the teams that they would play in the quote-unquote second round, so their first game, which I think would be on Thursday or Wednesday maybe. I can't even remember. I think it starts Tuesday, so Wednesday. Yeah. So these are the teams they might play. Miami, Wake Forest, Boston College, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh. To me, one team stands out, UNC. That's the only team you don't want to play from a Syracuse side of things right. because they rip apart the zone, as we've touched on. So other than that, I feel good that they would, if if they're not the 8-9 matchup, remember, now that's assuming Georgia Tech stays in the tournament, but it, that's why there's so many variables here. But my point is you're probably going to be in a good situation to win that first game if it's not UNC. So that's, as a Syracuse fan, you just have to hope that you're not in that seven slot, which means probably UNC in the second round if they beat BC, which I think they probably would, although they did lose to BC. And I don't know, UNC against Syracuse is different than UNC against man-to-man defense in my eyes. But it does feel like they're just maybe figuring things out a little bit too. And then, you know, after that, if you win that game, you're either going to play Florida State, Virginia, Louisville, or Duke, and that's where you just have to show that you can beat a good team at a neutral site. Right, exactly. And that's ultimately what it's going to come down to, is can Syracuse make a run? And at this point, it seems like it's championship or bust if this team wants to play in something other than the NIT. All right, when we come back, prop shop time for Syracuse and Boston College. All right, time for Prop Shop here on Locked On Syracuse. Now, Tim, you were on a scorcher last game against UNC. Huge. Four and one day for you. I went two and three, so I bit the bullet there. Your only loss was the Sidibe Fouls prop, all right? Oh, and, and he man. was, te- I mean, talk about the one that you thought was a given, especially against yeah. those, those bigs. If you told me Barama Sidibe is playing 35 fouls and is going up against two guys that could get drafted, that I mean, that's that's a fouling nightmare. But he right. stays out. He only he only gets the four. So hats off to you, Barama Sidibe. But guess what? You're still going to be a focal point of this week's prop shop. Four and a half fouls. We're doing it again, Tim. Is he going to well, foul? We're going to do it every time. Yeah, we are going to. <laughs> Is he going to foul out against BC? I'm still going to play the odds. <laughs> I've said the same answer every time. I know he burned me last time, but. I've I've been to take the over. I mean, this is back-to-back games. He's due for a foul out at this point. And especially the way he's playing, that means he's going to be playing even more minutes, you'd think. And I do think he's going to play good in this game. But, you know, it's I guess in some regards he might not foul out because of the Pittsburgh situation where it could just be a blowout for Syracuse. But if it's close, he's fouling out. So I'm going to lean on the side that he's fouling out. I told you last time that if he doesn't foul out against UNC, I was going to take the leap of faith. So Barama Sidibe, under four and a half fouls for me. Wow. I never thought we'd get to this point. I know, but that's where we're at right now. Let's stick with Sidibe This is the biggest accomplishment of (laughs) of Barama season. Yeah, not not the fact that he's riding back-to-back double-doubles or or has averaged five blocks per game in his last two. No, it's the fact that I am taking the under on his prop shop of four and a half fouls. Okay, stick with Sidibe here. As we mentioned, back-to-back double-doubles. Can he keep it going? Will he get over? Forget about the rebounds right now. Will he get over nine and a half points in this game? 
I'm going to say yes. I mean, BC is not that great on the inside. I'm starting to buy in on Ramasadi Bay. Oh, no. I mean, what I if never we thought I'd say it. What if we become? Yeah, this is odd. I, I don't know what's going on here, but I asked Barama after the game against UNC, and I was like, hey, I know it's a tough loss, but how good does it feel just to be sort of getting to a point where you're making such an impact offensively? And he was just like, and normally he's very honest, and he was like, I really haven't changed anything in my mentality. <laughs> and I just don't know if I agree with that. You just but got crapped on by Bayheim. That's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if maybe, and I, I said, like, what is it about, like, I asked him some specific, specific Bayheim related questions, and he was like, you know, coach is just never satisfied, and, and that's how I am, too. So he wasn't saying it as a negative thing. He was saying it more as a positive. And it was kind of interesting to pick his brain about that because he's just sort of laying back like, we, we didn't win the game, I'm upset, and I haven't really changed anything. I disagree. You've changed some stuff, Brahma. You look like a different player, so I'm going to yeah. take the over. The the aggression is certainly there. I, I like the over as well just because, like we mentioned, th- this BC team does not rebound the, wa- the ball particularly well. So with that in play, you figure there's a lot of opportunities for some offensive putbacks and free throws. And remember when Pascal Chuku underwent that that little free throw resurgence last yeah. year? Maybe Barama's and, doing and, it. <laughs> I mean, Barama's kind of doing that as well. I mean, you look at some of his past couple games. He was 7 of 8 last time out. He, he's shot the ball really well from the free throw line as of late. So maybe and he's, he's getting there, the corner which is there. big. Exactly. So next one we got for you here. BC, will they shoot over 39.5% from three against Syracuse? You've got the stat to to kind of give a little context here, Tim. Yeah, so five of the last six games is an awful stat for the 2-3 zone and how it's become so easy to score on this year. But five of the last six games, Syracuse opponents have shot over 40% from deep. That's obviously a glaring issue. I don't think it's going to happen in this game. BC's not a very good three-point shooting team. The one game that it didn't happen was Pittsburgh. That's the correlation we're making to this game a lot, and I think it's a fair comparison. BC's a slightly better team in my eyes, but although they did start to make some threes in the second half of the last time these two teams met, let's not forget they started the game 0 for 18 from three. So I don't think it's happening this time. I think the odds kind of go back to the mean here, and Syracuse finally writes the ship. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I mean, BC has shown at times this year where um, they they can shoot the ball over 40%, but I'm, I'm counting it up right now. Only six times, okay? And to me, I, I don't see that changing much here. One of them was against Notre Dame. And even in those six times, they're still three and three. You'd think a team that doesn't shoot the ball well from distance, when they do get it going from deep, that, that'll lead to wins. Nope. They, they're actually, they're just three and three when they shoot over 40% from three. So I'm with you. I'm going to I'm gonna take the under here. And, I mean, just looking at the the last time that they played Syracuse and and went up against this 2-3 zone, they, they were 6 of 30. So I, I don't think much is going to change yeah. in that capacity this time around. Last one for you here. In, in honor of the fact that there was so much Boston royalty in the building <laughs> last time that Syracuse played, you look at, you got Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, and Jimmy Fallon. There, there's three right there. But if if we've seen anything about BC, it's that the the surrounding area of Boston does not care much about uh, about their no. Eagles. It's, it's actually kind of sad. 
But There's too many pro sports teams. We're going to set the line. And this is a courtesy line for Boston College. But over under 0.5. We're going to set it at right at the half. So is there going, essentially, is there going to be a, a famous Boston person? We're, we're not going to just restrict it to athletes. Person, because Jimmy Fallon was at the game too. So will any Boston royalty be in the building against BC? No. <laughs> I, I think you answered your question. I don't think they care, especially at this stage of the season. I mean, think about from a Syracuse player's perspective. You're going from playing in front of 30,000 people, Tom Brady, Jimmy Fallon, Dior Johnson was there. I mean, he's a celebrity. All these cool things about celebrity? that game. Well, probably not. But I'm just saying from the last game, John Wallace is there. All these alumni were at the game, Lawrence Moden, all these guys. And then you go to about 5,000, 6,000 people at Conti Forum. It's going to be a completely different environment, but I don't really think it matters too much. Actually, Syracuse has played better on the road this season. They're 5-4 and four in ACC play on the road, and I think they're now like 11-7 and seven at home overall this year, which is really just shocking. So I, I'm going to say no Boston people are there, though, because I don't think they really care at the end of the day too much. Yeah, and the, the Nets and Celtics are also – playing so that that kind of oh. gets rid of any chance of i was gonna oh, say maybe paul like pierce a... was lurking around he was at the uh, celtics game when they played the rockets which was a crazy ending but yeah yeah i don't think it's happening yeah uh, i'm with you uh they just don't care they don't care and it, it, it's kind of <laughs> sad to see all right that's gonna do it for us here on the locked on syracuse podcast for tim leonard i'm tyler rocky orange and boston college tonight So check that game out, and we'll have your recap tomorrow, breaking down everything that we saw from the game. And if anything's changing in our perspective of Syracuse after facing off with the Eagles. Until then, talk soon. 